I'm back. Yo. Yo, 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 yo. What's up, everybody? Brian Tong here. Welcome to the Apple Bits XL for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Your host of the most. I'm just going to tell you right now, I just got back from New York flying cross country. Uh, today is, I guess, technically, it is Saturday morning. But I was out there, obviously, for the Samsung Unpacked event to talk about, to check out the Note 9. Really was a fun event to go to because normally I don't get invited to them. So we'll talk about that and how it relates to Apple. But again, this show is all about you all. 833-888-ABXL. That's 833-888-2295. And thank you so much for your support. Continued support on this show. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong. All right, let's just jump into it. And I told you, right? I mean, I am burning the candle, but you all show me so much love and you go the extra mile for me. I know the show is a few days later than what you've expected in your routine. I know it comes earlier, but you know, I'm a hustler, baby. I'm a hustler, baby. So I had to do that. That was not a soundbite. That was actually me singing, just in case. Just in case you wanted to know, I got pipes. All right, so let's talk about it. You know, we'd like to kind of give perspective of what's going on outside the world of Apple. There's other issues with uh, the new MacBook Pro, a new one that's popped up that I specifically have intimate knowledge with. And then we'll kind of touch upon some of the things that we've heard throughout the week. It might feel a little older, but let's just get to the new stuff first. The big news really in the tech world and how it affects Apple is the Galaxy Note 9. Now, I don't know if you all have been paying attention to this, right? Phones are kind of difficult to say, oh, who's the best phone right now? Because I think really, honestly... That changes pretty much every six months because everyone is on a staggered cycle. You have the Galaxy S9 phone, then you have the iPhone, then you have the Note 9, and then you have the Galaxy S9, you have the iPhone, and you have other phones, Google Pixel. Like, really, this the fall season is the season of the phone. Samsung put out their Note 9. Apple is putting out their new iPhone 10, 10 Plus line, whatever you want to call it, um, in September. And then Google will be dropping their new Pixel 3 XL, which we've pretty much seen everything leaked about in October. But what's so special about the Galaxy Note 9? I'll tell you right away the first thing, and I don't care whether you like a Galaxy Note 9 or not, it has an all day battery life 4,000 milliampere hour battery life all day. They claim it's all day, which means it's probably a little more than a day maybe more like a day and a half. We'll see when it all tests out. They had some new cool tricks, bells and whistles with the S Pen that you can control things. I think that it's going to come up to developers to kind of come up with unique functions for it. I would honestly like to see Nintendo finally bring some of those uh, DS games to the Galaxy line, the Note 9 specifically. Um, I know I'm dreaming. I told Nintendo they should release iOS games. I think six, seven years ago, I said, if Nintendo needs to get their head out of their butt and just release the classic Mar- Super Mario Brothers, charge 10 bucks on iOS and everyone's going to buy it. Well, they started putting out games over the past couple of years. They should listen to me. Uh, just other couple highlights really quick. The Note 9, one terabyte of storage, Dolby Atmos sound built into the phone. You might be like, what? Dolby Atmos on a phone? To me, anything that enhances what our current phones do whether it's a big deal or a little deal, to me, Dolby, App, Dolby Atmos is a big deal because that is something you can actually hear. Um, some of the two drawbacks, no 5G for this Note 9 phone and Android Pie, which is the latest version of um, Android, is not going to be loaded on this phone. Uh, who knows when it'll come out? But uh, you know, the thing about this is we're talking about phones. We know the iPhone is Apple's baby. It's their flagship. It makes up for around 66, a little over two-thirds of their overall profits, and for good reason. I mean, it is the computer in our pocket that we, it is our life. Our phones, 
for better or for worse, I, I do believe mostly better, uh, are, are our lives in our pocket. So, you know, it got me thinking when I was at the Note 9 event and it, I think about, okay, what can the iPhone do to top this? Because right now, at, at this moment, the Galaxy Note 9 is the best phone on planet Earth. It does the most things. It has the best battery life. It, the S Pen, whether you use it or not, makes it a more multifunctional device. It has the biggest and best screen right now. It has the largest storage capacity, so I don't have to go over and over. It's the best phone, most feature-packed phone on planet Earth right now. But whenever I say the best phone, the caveat is really, what is the best phone for you? And you hear people always saying, oh, Apple, I don't want my phones to be thinner. I want my phone to have more battery life. I want I want a phone that'll get me through an all-day battery. And we keep on throwing more bells and whistles and amazing features at our phones. And no matter what, even if we get more battery life in them, it still ends up being a push and the battery life never really makes this huge jump. So I thought about it. Okay, finally, a flagship phone with all-day battery life. Would that take people away from, would Apple users be like, you know what, I'm going to go get a Note because of this all-day battery life? And the answer, honestly, is no. And I, I know there's lots of other reasons, fine, the OS, the ecosystem, but I can't tell you how many times people say, give me, I will, I will take any phone that gives me all-day battery life. Well, guess what? The Note 9 is out there, and, you know, and we'll see how many people pick it up. It, it remains to be seen. I feel like the Note 9, because it didn't go that all the way, it's not going to come loaded with the latest Android. It's not going to come loaded with a 5G chip. Um, that's, it, it's a great device, but it's just not that next gen step. You know, it reminded me there have always been, there have actually been other phones over the years that have claimed to do an all day battery life. It even reminded me, I had to look up the exact name, but Motorola uh, in 2015, they had the Motorola Droid Turbo 2 with a two day battery life. Fine, maybe one and a half, but it still went through the day. Did anyone buy that phone? No. Motorola Z Play 2016, another two-day battery life. Kind of a mid-tier, not a flagship phone. But did anyone buy that phone? No. And so Apple users, phone users in general, when they say they want a phone with all-day battery life, it it's not going to make them change. It's not going to make them switch platforms. It's not actually going to be the deciding factor for their phone. If I told you there was a phone that had all-day battery life and you have for all these years said, I want a phone with all-day battery life, Think about it. Are you really going to jump ship and do it? Because I don't think you are. I really don't think you are. Now, if the iPhone gets all-day battery life, every iPhone user will be like jumping around. They're, they'll be jumping for joy. You already, you already know what we're going to hear, right? You're going to hear the angels singing from high above. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It would be a miracle. It would be a miracle for Apple users to get an all-day battery life. It's not going to happen this generation. It's not going to happen next generation either. It's it's just not going to happen. But it would be it would be kind of amazing. So I thought it was really cool to see the Note 9. When I looked at the Note 9, I thought, what can the new iPhone 10s do to even top it feature-wise? I don't think really that much. Really, this is like an iPhone 10s. It's going to be better in software. It's going to be a little faster. Who knows what they do with the camera? I don't know if we're going to see major AR stuff really happening. That's that's up to developers. This iPhone 10, I I just don't see. Of course, 
look, I've got to review this stuff and keep up with it. So yeah, I will sell my old one and get this new one. But I don't, if you already have an iPhone 10, I don't, I don't know if there's necessarily a reason to get this iPhone 10s other than you want the super big size screen version or most people are people that have had their phones for two or three years and they're going to upgrade to that LCD iPhone model. I think that's what's going to be the story for this new upcoming iPhone. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, moving along, the big, big issue this week in the Apple world, and I'll be honest with you, I've been sitting on this because I've been trying to figure it out um, myself and with the help of a, a certain fruit company, and we will talk about it in a second. But the some, not the, we already know about the whole overheating issue. Apple released a supplemental update for the MacBook Pro 2018 i9 models. Now, some MacBook Pros are experiencing crackling speakers um, that distorts the audio. And I will tell you, I, I posted it on Twitter when I first got it. My 2018 MacBook Pro i9 has experienced exactly what this report is. And it did it on day one. I opened it up and heard these like, I even posted it on Twitter. Like you could hear it. I'm using, you know, I'm using this as my tool. I am independent. Like I need a machine that I can do everything with, whether I'm on the road, like at the Samsung event or at home. And so I had the cracks. I had the pops. Smart me actually captured this. So I want to at least have people who might may or may not be experiencing this hear what I experienced. So here's here's the first one. What typically happens is you you get these really loud firecracker pops that come out of nowhere. And it, it's, it's, it's really loud, but this is the best I could capture. Let's check it out. This Mac Pro, this is the replacement. Hear that? Yeah. All right, that's coming from the speaker. I'm gonna play it one more time. It's, it's a loud pop. This Mac Pro, this is the replacement. Hear that? And it's, it sounds like a firecracker. And I don't know if any of you experienced this, but after that happens, the sound will sometimes completely mute. It'll get distorted. Uh, so I actually caught some of that audio distortion as well. It up really bad, or they're strategically just throwing out as many leaks as possible. Now the big one, New Zealand, New Zealand accidentally posted the full-blown intro video for the Galaxy Note 9. Okay, so your computer's not supposed to do that. That's just not supposed to happen. Um, so that was my first one. I'm like, hmm. I went to an Apple Care uh, or Apple Store to try and get it repaired or just see what was going on. I had a flurry of other issues like a video card issue. Um, what else did I have? The sound issues. Oh, the touch bar stopped working sometimes. So I'm like, hmm, maybe maybe I have just a lemon. And is this because the you know MacBook Pro is running too hot? Is this the new T2 processor? There's been a lot of theories being thrown around. So what did the Genius Bar guy tell me to do? He's like, look, we could replace the logic board, but um, if, if you wanna do that, it's gonna take 10 to 12 days to repair. And so I'm like, I've got to go to New York in a week. And they suggest instead of waiting repair, just go buy again, right? Buy, put on your credit card, another MacBook Pro, and then return the original one. So I'm like, fine, I don't have time. I've got to go to New York in like a few days. So what did I do? I, I put down and got one, a second one. And guess what? The second one had the same popping issue. And so I'm like, okay, well, what's going on here? I had already updated the supplemental update on both machines. So, you know what, I reached out to Apple directly to be like, hey, I want to let you know this is happening. Um, are, you, are you getting this same thing from anyone else? And they're like, well, we haven't heard anything about this. And I'm like, but this happened on two of my machines back to back, and I've got to imagine it's an issue. So, you know, right now, 
Apple had, I've sent the diagnostic files to Apple. They are looking at, they are working with me to figure it out, but I thought it was interesting. This, I mean, my issues happen from day one when I've got them. And now there's a lot of forums and video posts online saying it is an issue. It's not affecting everyone. You know, people try doing things like uh, resetting the VRAM, resetting the system management control. There are ways to try and do this or, you know, I remember when the sound was getting all messed up, I would just reboot my machine and then it would end up being back to normal. I will tell you that the original machine, let's call it a 2018 MacBook Pro number one, has never exhibited any of those issues after week one. And so I feel comfortable with it, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, what's really wrong? Is something wrong? MacBook two, you know, I was gone in New York, so I'm going to return that obviously, but I Look, I want a great working machine. I I don't think this is a widespread issue, but it is an issue that is affecting a small percentage of people. And I'll find out what happens. Apple's working with me on it, so I got to at least give them props for that. But I'll let you all know what the result is. But right now, current 2018 MacBook Pros are having a sound crackling, sound popping issue from the built-in speakers. And it did affect the MacBook Pros uh, something similar-ish back in 2016. But I just want to let people know that may have invested in this and are wondering what is going on. And they're being told there's, we don't know it. They're still trying to figure it out. So we'll see how that all plays out. Uh, the other thing, MacBook related, probably like better MacBook related, an Apple MacBook virtual keyboard patent. It leaked out. Well, I guess not leaked out. I mean, these things end up eventually becoming public. But what this, what does this describe? a digital glass top with sensors underneath it that can display a virtual keyboard. This is a potential patent that Apple is working on. I'm going to tell you right now, you know how I feel about the touch bar. You know how I feel about the touch bar. Come on, man. That's an easy bad Apple. Easy. Yeah. Uh, that's I Using that touch bar today on the new MacBook Pro, it's, it's horrible. Like using it day to day now, it's honestly horrible and you literally can't do anything about it. That's just that's just garbage. Anyways, Apple could potentially be looking at an entirely virtual keyboard, you know, maybe a a virtual iPad smart type keyboard. Um yeah, I'm not feeling it. They they first of all they need to prove to me that the touch bar is an actual solution that enhances my experience before they even start going full virtual keyboard on a macbook pro it's out there though they're thinking about it let's let's just hope they actually don't do it also the six ios mac os tv os watch os they're all part of you know the developers access uh, they did make these available to the public beta but you know me i don't know if you've followed i'm a big audio geek i don't i won't the weird thing is i'm not like a super audiophile but i care about audio from the movie experience so i'm a big fan of this the tv os 12 beta now includes dolby atmos support for itunes movies on apple tv this is exciting to me i have a dolby atmos system that i set up a long time ago oh my goodness i'm juiced about this i criticized apple when they released the apple tv 4k and said dolby vision is coming soon I think it came out Dolby Vision support for some movies came out like six, six months later, even it might have been later than that. Dolby Atmos has been on every set top box. But what makes the Apple TV 4K unique and this I will give them props. It is the only streaming set top box to have both Dolby Vision 
and Dolby Atmos. And now I'm starting to feel like, okay, okay, I got you. At the same time, I'm also that same person who invests in the 4K discs of my favorite movies because I want to see it at its highest fidelity. So either way, this is part of the IO, sorry, the TV OS 12 beta. Dolby Atmos coming soon, coming real soon. And it's already the sixth beta. So it's typically, right, it comes around like September when, during around the same time as the iPhone release. Also in audio news for all you Apple fans, Denon and Marantz AV receivers have been updated with AirPlay 2 support. This is done with a firmware update. We recently saw the Sono speakers get AirPlay compatibility for the very first time with AirPlay 2. This is great. I have a Denon receiver as well. And uh, again, if you're an audio person, these two stories you should be pretty happy about. Like you, This is absolutely deserving of a good Apple. If you're a fan, if you're into that stuff. I'm just saying, if you are into that stuff. Man, Dolby Atmos changed my life at home. Love it. It's like, it's hard to listen to speakers. It's hard to go back. I'm just telling you that. All right, let's take a quick break to say thank you and give some love to our sponsors for the show. Guess who it is? It's you. Thank you so much for all the Patreon supporters that have really contributed to make this show happen and allow me to do this. We are still building towards our goal to make this a permanent show. It's not there just yet. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong. You can sponsor the show starting at $1 a month. Uh, if I've given you any value and you feel like giving some of that value in return, $5 a month is basically a cup of coffee, but we have different levels and different rewards that give you different access to content. And uh, check it out again, patreon.com slash Brian Tong. And I continue to be so grateful and thankful. And it's really cool meeting some of you in person, like at the Samsung event. Uh, it just, again, I told, talked about like signing those photos and the meeting people in person. It's like, I don't know, I'm so humbled and I'm so grateful. And I'm, I'm happy and I'm having fun doing this. And so thank you. That's, that's all I can say. It's crazy. So thank you to our sponsors. We're going to keep on rolling because I think you'd probably rather hear more about what's going on. All right. So this happened really, you could almost say about a week ago, but because we didn't talk about it, we will at least touch base on it. One of the big stories was really, right, the iPhone potentially no longer having a dongle. It was a rumored report that Apple may not include a headphone dongle in the box. So you can't, we can't, we may no longer say, let's get ready to dongle. You can if you're talking about the MacBook Pros. So based on a report from Barclays, they had a note citing their sources, Cirrus Logic. They are a supplier for the dongle and they confirmed to them that it won't be included in the box alongside the new iPhones. Now, first of all, they never even had to do a dongle if they kept the headphone jack port, headphone port. Then they put in a dongle. People lost the dongles. We talked about it one time in our show. Best Buy's number two selling Apple product. A- Apple product. Number one was AirPods. Guess what number two was? The dongle. I'm not even kidding you on this. The dongle was the second best selling Apple product at Best Buy. Very recently, like within a couple months, it was just recently reported that. Now, I got on a rant, like, I think it's, look, if you don't have a dongle, everyone's like, yo, just get AirPods. I'm like, guess what? I have AirPods, but I'm not thinking about, look, the Apple community, although it is more mainstream, way more mainstream, uh, it still is a higher end price point. There are plenty of Apple users that do not have AirPods that use headphones 
with a standard 3.5 millimeter jack that they can plug into anything from their laptop to their iPad to their home audio, their car audio, it's still important. It's still important to me. So yeah, you can say, just get a pair of AirPods. Don't tell me that I or anyone or everyone should just get over this whole thing and pay $150 to get AirPods. To me, that's not a solution. Like the AirPods are really, really good. They're not great yet, but they're really, really good. They're super convenient. I'm a fan of them. I'll I'll be honest with you. When I first saw them, they were like, dude, those are butt ugly. I still don't like how they look, but they're the the usability and just the convenience of them, oh, it's pretty sweet. But okay, fine. Apple, I know, the goal is to get this slate of glass. The goal is to have as little ports as possible. A wireless charging, wireless earbud piece of glass. Apple has the power to move the industry forward that way because of their user base, because their user base does move forward with the company. It's, it's a blessing and a curse. When people complain to me and say, oh, just get AirPods, you won't have to worry about headphones again. Bluetooth audio is still not as good as a wired connection as well. That's also one of those things, right? I love audio. I'm that guy. So fine, we're going to move to it no matter what. What I think the first iPhone that included a dongle was two years ago. So that's about right. Apple started that transition, wanted to plant it in our head, wanted it to become a behavior. And there's a good amount of you, amount of you that are on board with that. I'm on board with it, but I still think it's too early to do it. I think there is silver lining in this whole story, though. If Apple removes the dongle, which is $9, then our iPhones better be $9 cheaper. So the iPhone 10, the next-gen iPhone 10 will, or entry-level model, whatever it is, if it's normally $999, I expect to see $990 if they're not going to give me that dongle. 900 I in fact let's just put it down right now I will predict <laughs> sans dongle the entry level iPhone OLED model should be if they are honest $990 That's all I'm saying Anyways it's a rumor but it, it looks like it's going to happen and quite honestly it's not a surprise I just don't think when you I don't think it should be a forced thing we're still in a day and age where you should, we should still give people some of these options. They haven't, the headphone jack hasn't, just by taking that headphone jack, really what overall benefits have there been? Have we used that space to add more battery life? No. Has the phone become super, super, super slim that we're like, oh, this is amazing. I'm so happy it's this thin. No. You have more people, honestly, either complaining about it or other people saying, just go buy AirPods. I'm sorry. That is not a solution for most people. I'm thinking about the general audience. If I wanted to be a stuck-up elitist who's been, you know, blessed to be able to even, like afford some of this technology, um, yeah, you could be like get AirPods, but that's not how I roll. I represent the peeps. Also, Apple, right? You heard about this? They're a one trillion dollar company now, or they at least hit that bench that that goal. The first U.S. company ever to reach a one trillion dollar valuation value um not valuation but actually be worth one trillion dollars um i think they could afford to still put dongles in there but some people just really people get really riled up about this whole dongle thing because it starts this debate between like oh you're just stuck in the past and i'm i'm embracing the future apple's the future you don't have to be you can be both 
It doesn't make you wrong or right. They're actually both right. But for some reason in this tech world, people like to validate. It's like there is this creation of like the haves, the ones that always update versus the have nots, the people that can't always update. And the haves need to validate and make themselves feel like I moved forward because I'm moving with the times. And that makes me, uh, a, you know, I'm better because of that. Oh, you guys that aren't updating fast enough. Oh, we're going to leave you behind. It's a very elitist attitude that I don't subscribe to. I just don't. Also, dual SIM compatibility for the iPhone has been rumored a lot, but that dual SIM feature may be really only coming to China and overseas in Asia. It was rumored that the new iPhones might do that uh, across, you know, different countries. And the reason why, you know, you go to a different country, they, the bandwidths are different. Uh, it gives you more options and compatibility with an extra SIM. But according to the Economic Daily News, that that looks like it will only be available for the iPhone in China. And interestingly enough, reports say, okay, we know that there's three iPhones coming out, a 5.8-inch OLED, a 6.1-inch LCD, and a 6.5-inch... Oh my gosh, am I getting my numbers wrong right now? I My brain is literally melted. But uh, yeah, whatever. I'll say 6.5-inch iPhone, three models, right? Well, reports have shown they have different numbers assigned to them. 801 is the five, sorry, 801 is the 5.8 inch iPhone. 802 and 803 represent the 6.1 inch LCD phone, which will have two models. One that will have just a single SIM, most likely for the US and several countries, and a dual SIM model for multiple countries. And then the high end big bad boy, 5.8 inches, uh, number 804. So it looks like the dual SIM model will only be for the LCD model phone. Also, the blessing of iOS 12 allows developers to jump inside the code and figure out everything possible. Well, if you haven't heard of this guy, he pops up every time iOS drops. Gilherm Rambo, he digs deep into the code. He, he pulls up all this great stuff for 9to5Mac. He found the icons inside of the recent beta and pulled up what is without a doubt believed to be an icon for the iPhone X Plus or the super large iPhone. The notch itself actually looks a little different. The notch looks a little different shaped compared to the iPhone 10 of last year, which he also found buried in the code. It has a longer design and then there's a power button that's represented. This icon is actually different both in proportion and specific details about it. So yeah, it's gonna have a notch obviously and it's gonna have rounded quarters, but it's just kind of cool to see it in the code. He also, though, found an icon representative of the new iPad Pros. And what makes it special here, there is no bo- you know, no major thick bezels on the top or bottom, just what the concepts show, kind of like a thin black border, really small. There's no notch visible on the new iPad Pro icon that Guillermo Rambo found. No notch whatsoever and no physical home button. So it supports everything we've heard a true depth camera with face ID. There will be face ID, right? There is no home button there. But the great thing is there's no notch. It's notch gonna happen on the iPad Pro. And you know how much I love the iPad Pro and I continue to just be all over that like white on rice. I love that thing. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the next iPad Pro. Um, I'm just hope that this whole rumor of face ID only working in a vertical position is completely untrue because that's bunk. Also, upcoming iPad Pro models could feature rounded corner 
rounded display corners. Uh, we Right now, they're kind of like the sharp edge, but in the code, guess who again? Rambo. Gielherm Rambo. Keep on finding all this stuff. He ran an iOS simulator show what a screen would look like based on what he found in the code, and it looks like it's going to have very, you know, rounded screen corners, a la iPhone 10, a la Apple's icons from apps a long time ago. It's it's going to go down. Um, Got to show love to HomePod fans. I know you're all out there. HomePod estimated to have sold 3 million units and bump up to a 6% market share in the U.S. specifically in the second quarter of 2018. They make up 6% of the market share for the smart speaker, according to Consumer Intelligence Research Partners. Now, here's the breakdown for the other guys. In comparison, the Amazon Echo, 70% market share in the U.S. The Google Home, 24%. The Apple HomePod, 6%. They got a whole lot of catching up to do. Price, features, sound is awesome, but I'm still... I I bu- remember I told you I bought the first HomePod. I loved how it was like had that more deeper boomy bass. They they recalibrated it. They tweaked it. It doesn't it sounds good. I still think the speaker sounds great, but it's kind of missing some of that boom boom pal. Like it had that boom boom pow, boom boom dum 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 dum. It had it. I don't know where it is now. They they changed they tweaked it. I think I totally feel like they changed the default because someone complained that it was too boomy. I will say, though, that data backs up. If you remember last week, I told you about how I was running my own BTZ's mid-2018 um, Apple satisfaction survey. I'm going to work on compiling those results and hopefully have it for you sometime next week and do like a special show because there's some really telling stuff from that. But I remember one of the main things that stuck out is I asked users, you know, do you own a HomePod? And I think it was like somewhere around like 7 or 8% of people said yes. We had a, close to 800 respondents. So it's not like 20 people responded to my survey. We had close to 800. And that was an eye-opener to me because it is really indicative of how... And you, the people that responded to this are tech fans and Apple fans in general because of the work that I do. I found it really interesting that that number wasn't higher because most of you all are Apple fans. But you're smart. Like Maybe I'm doing my job and be like, hey, guys... This, it's not that great. Apple needs to step their game up. I, I actually kind of like that now that I think about that, that we're dealing with a smart a smart bunch of cookies out there. All right. Got to show love. Voicemails, you know how it is. Call in 1-833-888-ABXL. That's 833-888-2295. Let's just get to the calls right now. First one coming to us from Jesse. Hey, B-Tom. What's up, man? Jesse, Houston, Texas. A quick question. I was wondering with the announcement of Motorola with the uh, first upgradable 5G phone, if you think that the uh, iPhones that would more likely come out a month after would uh, be 5G compatible. And uh, yeah, that was my question. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Jesse, Jesse, uh, great call because, you know, everyone's wondering what is going on with this whole 5G cellular next generation connectivity. So the phone he's talking about is the Moto Z3. And it basically has this Moto Mod accessory that can bump this up to be compatible with 5G networks. Now, the thing to note here is most of the U.S. carriers, are, at least here in the U.S., are expected to flip that switch on sometime in 2019 to 2020. Um, I think like Verizon, I know Verizon for sure and AT&T, 
They're setting up some uh, 5G networks and device like right now, obviously. So it's going to be tested. I mean, it's officially been pushed through. It's going to happen. So the thing is that, right? Okay, iPhone, next gen iPhone that's coming out in September. Will it have it? I'm 99.9% sure that it will not have it. The 2018 iPhones will not have 5G compatibility. And why do I say that? There's a few indicators that tell me this. First of all, reports that indicate that Apple will be using Intel-based modems for this next batch of iPhones. Those current Intel modems that they're going to be using, cellular modems, do not support 5G connectivity. The Qualcomm ones do that Apple will not be using. They're in a little tiffy-tiff with them. They continue to have bad beef with Qualcomm. So that's indication number one. Number two, historically, Apple has been late to the game with high-speed connectivity. Remember, the very from the start, and Apple has done this, they wait, you know, in their minds, they wait for technology to be matured, really more polished so then they can kind of control that experience and make sure it works the right way. And that's good at times, but, you know, a lot of times Apple comes out with the, the new tech later, they put a nice coat of paint on it and tell most of their users who aren't in the know, quite honestly, this is a great new feature. And was like, oh my God, it's amazing. It's like, dude, that's been on other phones for a year. So the first iPhone, when 3G was very prevalent, it was still early, but there were at least six or eight major phones that had 3G connectivity. When the first iPhone came, it was still running on a 2G network. Apple, the 3GS, finally put them in the 3G game. They came late to that. 4G also. They were they have never, at least from a cellular connectivity standpoint, they've never been ahead of the curve there. So why are they going to do it this year? They're not. But I think it would be really damaging for them if they aren't ready for 2000, for the 2019 phones, depending on when they turn, when that switch gets flipped. Let's say there's 5G networks that are available mid-2019. Apple really should have a phone that at least has 5G capability in 2019. If they don't, well, guess what? Their phone life cycle is every year. You can't tell me they're going to wait till the really towards the end of 2019, which is really, okay, okay, a year. If they don't do it in 2019, that means the next time they'll get it is that towards the end of 2020. So my bet would be we'll see iPhones with 5G connectivity, the 2019 models that get announced sometime in that September 2019. So we'll see, but it's not going to happen this year. So I would not... Don't hold your breath, Jesse. I'm just saying. I'm just looking out for you, bro, okay? Up next, my man, Jaleel Shaw. What's up, Brian? My name is Jaleel Shaw. I'm from New Jersey. I have two questions. Uh, the first is based on me being a musician. Uh, I sell my music on iTunes and Amazon, and I um, I just heard recently that Apple will switch to uh, just Apple Music and will eliminate the download section from iTunes. Um, I'm a little worried about that because a lot of my sales, you know, CD sales are from iTunes. And uh, I like buying music too. Uh, so I'm wondering, do you think this will happen? And if so, how soon? The other question is about the MacBook Pros. Uh, I had a 2009 MacBook Pro. I know it's a long time, but I just got a new MacBook Pro. And um, well, I just ordered a new MacBook Pro. And uh, I'm just wondering, how often do you think we should upgrade our computers? Um, my MacBook Pro is on its way out. It's almost dead. And I would like to do it more frequently, but they're just so expensive. So I'm wondering, how. what do you think is the limit uh, 
um, to how long you can wait to upgrade your computer. Thank you. All right, Jaleel, great call. You know, I'm going to answer both questions because, <clears throat> sorry about that, they're good. All right, first up with iTunes, people that may not know, basically, Apple themselves, Jimmy Iovine on his, this has been rumored, quite honestly, since I think as far back as 2016, 2017, somewhere around there that Apple would get rid of digital downloads completely. And Jimmy Iovine, on his way out because he's no longer with Apple, he had an interview with the BBC that he outright said, yeah, Apple, he confirmed that a shutdown of direct sales through Apple's iTunes store for music, specifically track by track, is going to go away. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm sorry. I'm still, I like I share a Spotify account with my lady, but um, yeah, I, if there's a song I really want and I want it wherever I go, I, I honestly buy the song. I'm like, fine, 99 cents, buck 29 if I really like it. Like, uh, what's that song called? It's from like Baby in a, is it Florida Georgia Line? If it's meant to be, meant to be. It's so country, but man, it's so good. It's such like a good ride with me, ride with me. See where this thing goes. If it's meant to be, it'll be. If you've heard that, oh, that song is jamming. I don't care where you're from. That song is sick. It's like in my head all the time too. Anyways, sorry, random tangent. Um, But Jaleel... I think the problem is really this comes down to consumer behavior. For example, if people were still buying individual tracks all the time, they would keep the iTunes store, music store there standalone. The reason why they're doing it is, look, subscription music is cheaper. They've gotten a majority of people on board with that. It is convenient. It is nice. I'm just old school and I like to own the music that I really care about. And honestly, I do like to pay the artist. As someone who's a creator, I like to reward people for the stuff that they do. I think it's scary. I don't know how that's obviously going to affect you as an artist. And I don't know what the solution is, quite honestly, other than it being sold in other venues. But guess what? What's the number one digital music store? iTunes. Yeah, I I don't know exactly how they're going to do that. But we've seen that Apple doesn't, I'm going to be real, Apple doesn't necessarily care. Look what they did, you know, with developers, um, at least with websites that were getting um, affiliate, you know, percentage off of sales when people when they would recommend apps to them apple shut that down for no reason right they they say oh our store curates it better we just want people to buy it directly from our store because the way we present it is nicer they they're knocking out an industry of people that help build them up they don't care if they care they would have just let it be <laughs> they, they would let it be let it be apple why you let it be because they row with you rode with you Come on, Apple, don't, you're killing me sometimes. So it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good in there. And I don't know what to say other than it's going to be a shock. They're even, they're even doing the Mac apps or they're flooding it with iOS apps. That's going to affect Mac develop, Mac OS developers. They, they do look, Apple will always do what's in their best interest, even as a trillion dollar company. And why do they do that? Because we still buy all their products or a good amount of them. So we, if anyone's to blame, it's us. But if consumers were still buying music and not subscribing, I don't think this would have ever been an issue. But times change, behaviors change, and that's that's why we are where we are. As for your MacBook Pro question, a lot of people really call in specifically like, oh, should I upgrade this computer? And I don't like to answer those questions as much because, yeah, my answer most of the time is if they're within three or four months and they don't need it, just wait till the new one comes out. It's 
typically the best answer. But for you and for people that are listening, I think it comes down to what do you do? So what do I mean by that? If you're someone who is email, word processing, and surfing the internet, I honestly don't think you need a new, you you can hold on to your computer for as long as possible, five, seven years even. I mean, that's really low, low lift, low, low weight stuff, lightweight stuff. Can't even talk. It's it's getting late, guys. You have no idea. It's like, yeah, it's pretty late right now. <laughs> um, The other thing though, is if you're someone who's in the creative world, you're doing a lot of video editing, you're doing a lot of um, pho- photography, even if you're doing a lot of computer programming, you need that raw power, you know, making music. I don't think you have to upgrade every year, but I would say a safe bet is around that three, you know, if you really, you know, these things do cost a ton of money, right? Three-year, four-year window. Four-year to me is kind of pushing it sometimes, but three years is pretty solid. Two, you don't have to. I mean, we know the people that upgrade every year. Well, not everyone can. So I think a two to three-year window is pretty good for most people, specifically in the creative in the creative world, because you'll be all right. You'll be all right. Okay, last call coming to us from John. What's up, John? Hey, Brian. John from Spotsylvania, Virginia, getting right into the question. Um, how do you feel about Apple going to USB-C? I'm kind of curious um, with all the compatibility issues that could arise from that if they eventually kind of lose sight of the old USB standard, a lot of cars have CarPlay and stuff now. Um, do you think that could potentially create a problem? Um, dongles not necessarily working with cars and then CarPlay not working or them requiring higher throughput that the USB old standard simply can't support. I just want to know what your thoughts are. Just a talking point. Thanks. Great call, John. I think there's two ways to look at this. So even if I, I didn't, you know, I don't have a car with CarPlay, quite honestly. My brother... He's like so happy once he got CarPlay. And then he was even happier when they're like, third-party maps are coming to CarPlay. I think a lot of people are going to be happy about that. But what it partially, CarPlay can connect in two different ways. And again, this is going to be depending on the car you have. Obviously, the standard USB connection is a wired connection that it needs. Not every car can support CarPlay wirelessly, but there are cars, typically more modern cars, that are doing it. And no, the answer is not go buy a new car. I think the concern is if they actually put a USB-C port on the physical phone. That remains to be seen. That was a rumor. The realistic transition is that the USB-C port will be for their power adapter. I don't know the exact specifications or the EU's rulings rule if the phone itself has to have the USB-C port or will they allow the phone to have a proprietary port but at least the cable connects it on the other end has to be a standardized USB-C. That, I don't know that it's specific, specific, um, if that is in the actual rules. But let's play this out. Let's say Apple goes to USB-C. They they know that they would prepare for, they would have to prepare for this. And what would be kind of funny, honestly, is if it would be really sad, but maybe they have to do another dongle for CarPlay for physical cable connections for people that still need to do that with their car. Like, what if they ended up having to do a dongle for CarPlay? I think ultimately they at least have thought about it. There will be ways to gradually make that transition, but no matter what, making any type of major hardware transition is going to affect everyone, whether they like it or not. And sometimes we've seen Apple's just like, hey guys, you're going to bite the bullet with us. You're going to roll with us or not. And I... Quite honestly, I highly doubt 
people that have been using CarPlay and it's part of their driving experience will all of a sudden ditch an iPhone or the next-gen iPhone just because. They might end up just not upgrading their phone for a couple of years until Apple gets it figured out. But that's the thing. The ecosystem is it kind of connects to what we talked about earlier. There's things beyond specs or hardware on a phone that keep people in the world. It's the ecosystem, the OS. Look, again, a full-day battery. Apple doesn't have it. Other phones have had it. People have not jumped on to those other phones and other platforms just because they say we have an all-day battery. And everyone you talk to that has an iPhone says, I wish the battery was longer. But that is not has proven to not be a deciding factor of why we change phones or why we leave a platform. It's not. The ecosystem, the convenience, and quite honestly, when the people you're with, if everyone's on an iPhone and you want to do that airdrop, it's pretty dang easy, and some people can't go without that, quite honestly. They don't, they're given something that they just don't want to let go of. So the whole hardware feature thing, oh, I want the phone with the best camera. You know how many people have said that to me, and they've never switched over to Google Pixel 2 XL. So it's just, it's all baloney to me when someone says that. Oh, I want the blank. Okay, there's a phone that does that. Then go, then go change phones. Mm, okay, be real with yourself then. You're not going to do it. I think that'll be similar to CarPlay, even if they if they put in a USB-C port on here. If someone had to go through some pains, if someone had to buy a dongle, you're still probably just going to buy that dongle to make it work. And Apple knows that. So guess what? They got us by the apples. They do. They do. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, wow, this is a pretty long show. We're coming in around 45 minutes, and I guess there's a lot to talk about. Again, thank you so much for supporting the show. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong. Always got to give a shout out to my Platinum Apples, $100 level monthly. It's, man, that's wild. But also thank you to everyone at the 25, the 10, the 5, the 1. Like, Dude, you're supporting this show. That's crazy to me. Thank you so much. Brandon Ledford, Terrence McKelvey from Stratos Wealth Partners, Gil Cabrera, Andy Halverson, Wesley Frader, and Craig Hendall. Thank you so much for everything. And again, make this show yours just as much as it is mine. Call in. I want to hear your calls. 833-888-ABXL. That's 833-888-2295. Thanks so much for hanging. I know the show came a little later, but we got it up for y'all. And I'll talk to you next week. Be safe. Take care. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Peace. Peace.